everybody. Welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we talk about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I am your host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and co-host, Jose Angel. Hello? Oh, today you shall be leading the episode. So who should we be talking about? So today we're doing something a little different. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Um, I know if you're familiar with the show, we do say that. Uh, I won't say a lot. We just say it from time to time. But I did have a controversial celebrity in mind. Um, should I say who it is? Should I wait? Never say it. Never say it. Okay. I had a controversial celebrity in mind. And when I started to do the research, I realized I needed a little bit longer to roast this chicken. So I think I will do that person next week. And this week we will do a more themed episode. Never a filler, always a theme. So um, today I will be sharing um, two stories about some up and coming uh, stars who uh, met their end tragically before their lives and their careers could truly blossom into what they were possibly meant to be. This is different. So not really a... A negative zone. No, this is more um, a situation of these stars being wronged for no reason other than them just being who they were at that moment in time. Interesting. Interesting. Our first star gone too soon was Tara Correa McMullen. Tara was born May 24th, 1989 to parents Devra Correa and Thomas McMullen. And would you say this is a well-known celebrity? Because just by the name, I don't think I know them. No. When it comes to these two celebrities uh, that I'm going to talk about, uh, particularly actors, actually, Mm -hmm. um, they both died very young and too soon, but one was more established than the other. Okay. To like go in like descending sake, I guess I wanted to go with the more... Uh, well, the more lesser known before I went into the more familiar case. Okay. Uh, well known. I came across this actress in her one and only movie role, uh, Rebound. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it is this um, like 2005 uh, children's comedy movie. Has Martin Lawrence, uh, Wendy Raquel Robinson. I feel like I may or may not have talked about this film before because I actually did enjoy it as a teenager. It's a children's movie, so it is a little corny. Uh, it's basically about Martin Lawrence going back to his roots and teaching um, like this middle school or high school basketball team, like junior high basketball team, um, after being such a successful coach that his temper and ego get him in trouble. And Mac is who Tara plays, and she is the only girl in the team of boys. I, yeah, I know that movie you're talking about. It's like a Band of misfits type of team. Exactly. Like they uh underdogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've seen one, you've seen them all. Kinda sorta. It's the it's the people who make the movie, not the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the hosts make the show. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, so like I said, uh, Tara played Mac, a tough, bigger bully uh, who happens to be a girl, and she's the only girl on this junior high basketball team full of misfit boys, as um, Jose had talked about. Tara played her role perfectly. She comes off as very intimidating in pictures if you kind of see her, if she's not smiling. And in the role for most of her scenes, she's kind of like that. Uh, And then her character involves to being more open, sweet, a team player, that type of situation, that type of evolution in a movie. Now, after she booked and shot the movie Rebound, she kind of wanted to pursue acting. She ended up getting the movie role in Rebound just because her mother was working uh, with the casting agency and stuff. So she heard about the role, thought her daughter would be a good fit. After the role, Tara's like, I want to do this again. And she ends up booking a multi-episode arc on the show Judging Amy that was in its sixth season at its time. Are you familiar with Judging Amy, Amy Brenneman? I am not, but I'm just thinking about what these casting agents like put out there. Oh, tell me, what you mean? Like, okay, so you said her daughter plays like an intimidating girl in the movie. Mm-hmm. So when the casting agent was like talking to her mom, it was like, I have this best role. It's for this big girl. She seems mean. Like, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird to like get cast for that. Yeah, to be to be uh to answer your question, yes, it was exactly like that. But the way it was okay, so I read about this interaction and basically the mom did say like they outlined the character of the role, like a um bigger type of girl like she stands even taller than the boys as well she looks intimidating but is a sweetheart inside and the mother heard that and said you know what that kind of does fit the look that my daughter has she'd be perfect so yes to answer your question it is kind of like the traits do kind of sound weird to be like oh yeah that's my daughter but i mean she 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 recognized it her daughter played it it seemed to work out (laughs) (laughs) like i said after rebound she ends up booking the multi-episode arc on judge amy and she played a gang member who basically had been abandoned by her family when her family uh ends up leaving to guatemala and after getting involved in like a drive-by shooting where somebody gets killed the judge amy tries to help her character turn her life around and all this other stuff but ultimately right before maybe something good could happen for the character she ends up being killed in prison by a rival gang now unfortunately tara's art would slightly imitate her life So um, I got conflicting kind of reports from the two to three sources that I use, which were LA Times and NBC News. They both basically, one says that at 16, Tara has her own apartment. And the other one says at 16, she happens to live in an apartment with her mother where she has her own room finally. But it really doesn't matter splitting hairs. Uh, the point is that is uh, Tara's 16 years old, and she's living in Inglewood, California. And at this time, she's still doing her acting situation. I think this is probably when she's doing Judging Amy, and she's dating a gang member who happens to be 10 years older than she is. That's 26. Now, her boyfriend, who was in a gang and was older than her, didn't have anything to do with her death. But I thought it would be... I thought it still should be mentioned... 
who she was hanging around, um, who was in her life, and what she was doing while she was in that particular area. Now, people around Tara are starting to notice a change in her. She's starting to get more involved with gang activities, starting to slack on her work, and even say that maybe she's not even wanting to do this whole acting situation that she started to make money from. Um, her mother even wants her to move out of the area, but Tara wants to stay in Inglewood. She wants to stay at her place. She wants to stay with her, her man. And she's 16 or 17? She's 16 years old. See, okay. You saying it might be her first time having her own room and her living in Inglewood makes me think maybe it was like the first time her family came into money and they just couldn't tell her no. Mm -hmm. It could be a possibility, uh, especially because it was, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because uh, what I didn't write down, but what was mentioned in one of these stories was somebody who worked closely with her on the show. And I guess like manager mentor wise, uh, was like, she, she started talking about how she didn't want to do the show anymore. She was focused on other stuff. And the person was like, who would say no to all this money you're making? Who says they don't want to be on a show when they broke into the industry out of nowhere? That's how I knew that her mind was just like somewhere else. That Which I get a lot of kids go through as well. She got a certain freedom when she got that money. So I think that's what kind of happened with her family and her. Hmm. Just another dynamic. Yeah. So that's where she is right now in this point in her life. So on the evening of October 21st, 2005, there is a small group of people standing outside of an apartment complex in Inglewood on East Plymouth Street. When shots rang out, the bullets strike three individuals, two men and one woman. The two men are hurt and wounded, but they're okay, critical. Sadly, the woman, who is Tara, is not. She is transferred to the nearest hospital, but she dies hours later. The doctors doing everything that they could. Tara was not raised in a violent gang environment, but according to her 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 mother, her friends, and some of the associates that she had begun to know in the entertainment industry, said that once she started living the life that she was acting, the ending was not surprising for her. Even judging Amy star Amy Brenneman, the actress that she worked closely with said of Tara's death, quote, I just thought, oh, they got her. They got her. You know, this is the normal course of events that she would die this way. Oh my goodness. I'm kind of confused. Was this like a senseless act or did she it, know the shooter? 100% this was a senseless act, but it was one of those progressions of even though she died out of nowhere being a, um, being in the wrong place at the wrong time uh -huh. the activities that she was dabbling in before she started to try to get back to where she was was very dangerous with her hanging out with her boyfriend in the gang her dabbling into the gang activities uh her not getting away from that violent environment and then happening to stay in that environment to the point where a senseless act has nothing to do with you, but you end up being the, the main victim of it. It's just one of those coincidences, not coincidences. Yeah. Like if maybe she would have got out of that area sooner, maybe if she would have dedicated herself to acting more, or maybe she just would have done something else, would she have died? Kind of. Situation. I hate these types of stories because honestly, you can do what if about every situation. Like, would she have still, yeah. like, you know, 
if you believe in destiny or fate or whatever, would she somehow, some way, still be destined to die on that day or for some reason? Uh, but just the simple what if game of what if she did move? What if she did pursue the acting? And it's it doesn't do anything, but it's just yeah. Horrible. Because I don't blame her for her death at all. Um, it's just like it's just like what you said. It's just that conversation of what contribute to this. What could have happened? What could have changed this? How could we do better? How could have anybody done better? I don't like whatever Amy Brennan said, though. I think I do have to slightly correct myself because the because now I'm reading my writing. The Amy uh -huh. Brennan quote: the only part that is quoted by her is the the oh they got her they got her it's not 100 okay. that she said you know this is the normal course of events that she would die this way i only wrote that down because that was highlighted in her anecdote but okay. the quotations say oh they got her they got her but I, I i don't know why the end part says it if it wasn't said by her but i thought i, I i'd be remiss not to say the whole thing it as just, it, it was written it kind of runs me the wrong way of like i get the they daughter they daughter part Mm -hmm. But like this was the own like what do you expect kind of thing about it? I don't like that. Yeah, I, I hope she didn't say that part, but it was it was highlighted by her name. So, but then I I don't know all the situation either. Like she could have been living but wild out there. I mean, it doesn't justify her being shot, but that's just so it crazy. Just, it just paints so the picture young. of why people around her thought that um <laughs> that she could possibly die they just didn't think it would happen this way and People maybe were worried about her lifestyle and the way she was living and her possible death but they didn't think it would happen like this and you said she was only 16 only 16 that's she died so young so I, young and and just two roles i think she did a guest spot on something else but just two roles and she was plucked out of nowhere and, and it I mean, I think she was a, a great actor. Yeah, I get, I get like, you know, when people are living a dangerous lifestyle, you can say you kind of expect it or whatever, but 16, I don't think I would say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like I said, even with the history, this was essentially wrong place, wrong time. And then, so, I just, oh, what were we going to say? When did Sorry. she get rebound? 2005? How old was she in 2005? 16. She died the same year Rebound Oh my came goodness. Out. Yeah. Rebound came out in the summer. She died in the fall. Oh my goodness. She was a baby. Mm -hmm. Barely that's got so to sad. her 16th birthday. Yeah, just that is... That's so sad. I mean, just horrible. Just because I know she's... They probably shot it like a year or two before and then... Yeah. They always have people look younger on TV, but... I mean, looking at these child these child photos of her from Rebound, she's a little girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So shortly after her death, Damien Watts was charged with her murder and the attempted murder of the two other gentlemen who were shot that night. And he was a he was charged with an additional murder that he committed the day prior to the walk-up shooting at the apartment complex. He was convicted and sentenced to five life sentences, and his accomplice received life in prison. Tara's death was, as we've just talked about, so unnecessary. Uh, she was so young and just learning how to kind of maneuver in this world and kind of like learn that her life was her own. She was may not have been the best choices, but she was trying to make choices for herself. She was taken away before she could carve out like a real 
dent in this world and a real legacy. But of course, her loved ones will especially remember her, um, her mother's especially, and her um, older sister, Abigail, who she was close to. But um, we will never get to witness the future she could have had due to this senseless violence. And yeah. this is a theme too. They're gone too soon and it's senseless violence. That, yeah, that, that one just trips me up. And did was he in the game, the guy who was the shooter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a rival game of her boyfriend's, do you know that? They, di they didn't say that. They didn't they even say that the, bro the boyfriend was uh, necessarily involved with anything. She was just with that's another thing that was kind of uh, conflicting on whether uh, the boyfriend was with her or not. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't even one of the people shot. Not saying that I'm no. you're, you're going to get everybody in the group, but he was only mentioned in a throwaway uh, story. So I don't think he was with her, but uh, they do just say that it was like a gang related shooting. Um, if anything, they don't talk about it, but I would be, hes I would be more, I would think maybe, um, Maybe the men who got wounded could even be a part of it. Or maybe it was just senseless. Like, you just ran up and just did some shit because you thought that was somebody. Yeah, I guess I was assuming why would the you boyfriend shoot, was one like, of the you, men. You said what? I guess I was just assuming the boyfriend was one of the men. But, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I just mentioned that the boyfriend was a gang member because that just sets the scene of what she was around. She was in gang-affiliated areas with gang affiliates. Yeah. So she was around that that type of lifestyle and in those areas, unfortunately. But um, like I said, when it comes to our next story, I'm, I'm afraid that the senseless violence does not stop. Oh my goodness. So this next actor's name or TV credits may be more familiar to you, especially if you were a fan of the 90s, early 2000 teen slash family sitcoms. So Merlin Santana was a popular actor in the 2000s and from what I would consider a heartthrob and definitely the playboy, bad boy, leading man look of that time. Okay. Now, Merlin was born March 14th, 1976 in New York. Santana got into modeling slash acting via his mother. Starting off as a child actor, his first reoccurring role was Rudy's boyfriend, Stanley, on The Cosby Show. Yes. So you know who I'm talking about now? Yeah, he's the sister sister guy, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Well, he wasn't. He did do a guest spot on Sister Sister, so yeah. Okay. But he wasn't one of the main main people. So, um, playing Stanley in the Cosby Show actually led to modeling offers for Merlin and other sitcom offers as well. He starred in the short-lived show Getting By, that starred Cindy Williams of Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley fame, Telma Hopkins of Family Matters, Half and Half fame, and Dion Richmond, who played his rival, Bud, on The Cosby Show. <laughs> then, he, uh, when that fell through after a short season, the show Under One Root, that had Joe Morton from Scandal, James Earl Jones, who do we need to talk about? <laughs> and Vanessa Bell Calloway, who's more known for Coming to America, What's Love Got to Do With It? Merlin also did a couple of guest spots on Sister Sister and Moesha. And because I was he, thinking of Dion. That's but, who I thought you were. Yeah. That's why I was like, he was on there, but not that one. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, I've, some of these people, you're like, what, why are you going through all these names and all the things that they've been in? It's important to notice that 
he was surrounded by very well-rounded actors who were famous in those days, the 90s, 2000s, and who are still famous and um, kind of relevant to this day. Maybe not more Telma and Cindy, but definitely you got James Earl Jones, Joe Morton, Vanessa, um, and the people he starred with on like Moesha and Sister Sister. So in 1996, the role that Merlin would become the most famous for, he receives, and that is Romeo Santana in the WB's The Steve Harvey Show. Now, did you watch The Steve Harvey Show? Are you familiar? It, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. Oh, wow. It was for black people? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even get that to say. Yeah. Yeah, you know. No, I wouldn't say it's for black people because I don't really remember it. I just, watching it as a kid, I just wasn't that interested in it. I but can understand that. I could have just been too young for the joke, because I don't know. Yeah, I could get that. It was um it was okay. It's not my my favorite show to go back to, but I definitely remember the Steve Harvey show with fond memories. And and especially in the morning, because back when I don't know what what year it was in syndication, that shit was on at six o'clock in the morning. I was like, okay, shit, we'll watch this. You know what I was thinking of? What show did you just say? The Steve Harvey show? I was thinking of the Bernie Mac show. <laughs> I don't know what's around with my brain today. I'm getting these people confused. Why? Because they black? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, Steve Harvey and Bernie Mac, the same person? Come on, America. Do better. <laughs> uh, but I get you. First of all, the Mer for a solid two years, it, my family really did watch the Bernie Mac show, and then we just trailed off. But we used to watch the Bernie Mac show. I don't know. I just thought about that. I think of a lot of people with your background. Did to hold that? I cannot stand in my background. In my background. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me stop. They be like, bitches, y'all always bring up race. <laughs> so Merlin Santana gets his most famous uh, known role, Romeo Santana in the WB's The Steve Harvey Show. He was the handsome, sweet, bad boy, little bit of a player who was definitely an airhead. Um, and he did that along with his best friend, Stanley, aka Bullethead. I thought it's so funny how like, they gave his character part of his name. Like, was that intentional? Was it lazy? I never really liked that. Unless I'm, I don't know. I'd like it and I don't like it. Creed is Creed. Yeah. Like, you have people who go on and have their names and it kind of works for them. Like Roseanne. Or, yeah. Um, Charlie Sheen was Charlie. Yeah, but we know why now. <laughs> I Shit. I Sometimes I think it's narcissism, sometimes I think it's laziness, and sometimes I think it's just a coincidence. Okay, yeah. And I ain't gonna lie, he was supposed to be like a like a little smooth guy, so don't Romeo Santana sound so like smooth? It sounds very smooth. So, and that's the character he played. So uh, Steve Harvey show was on TV for six years. Uh, and afterwards, Merlin just, you know, kept going. He was only in his mid-20s. He, You know, he, he was out here. His face was popular. He ended up starring in two films, one being a VH1 TV movie called Played, a hip-hop story, which 
what did I think of as soon as I heard that title? Carmen or Hip Hopera? The Hip Hopera. <laughs> it made me want to watch it just to see if there was a musical in there, but I don't think so. And um, he ended up uh, starring in a comedy, The Blues, that um, would not get released until the year after he had passed. Uh, the Blues, coincidentally, did star one of his, I guess you could say, actor friends, Dion Richmond. And then Marlon moved on to do a guest spot on the TV show Half and Half. But unfortunately, these would be his last roles. Now, on November 9th, 2002, Merlin is at someone's house in Los Angeles, California. It sets the scene as this was kind of like maybe like a hangout situation or maybe like a party. And he's there with his friend, Brandon Quentin Adams, who is actually a, a former child star himself. Um, I looked up his credits to see if I knew him, which I do. He was in the movie, The Sandlot, Mighty Ducks, and I know him from People Under the Stairs. Do you know who he was in the Sandlot? Yeah, because you're going to edit this part out. No, you ain't. <laughs> Where I look for it. Because <laughs> you know what? I, I never know this a lot. I watched the Sandlot once, and it was a traumatic experience, so I kind of don't remember anything about it. The Sandlot was? Like the no, movie I mean, or the... Like, the situation in which I watched the Sandlot. Okay. So I don't remember it. Um, he played. He was Kenny De Nunez. Okay. Yeah, you're like what? He's the black one. That's all you have to say. I know. I know who I'm dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was, I was trying to give this man character, and you're just like, just say who he is. <laughs> you're good. He had a, a shirt on that day. It was I mean, Jesus, can I can I describe people as anything else? Especially since I didn't watch that fucking movie. <laughs> I don't remember shit about it. Sanding a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me center back to this goddamn sad ass story. So like I said, Merlin is with Brandon. Um they're at somebody's house, but they're leaving. So they get into the car. Merlin's in the passenger side. Brandon is in the driver's side. As they're about to leave in Brandon's car, a 21-year-old man named Damien Andre Gates comes across the car that they're both seated in after his 15-year-old girlfriend, Monique King, had came to him and his friend saying, that the men in that car, Brandon and Merlin, but specifically Merlin, had tried to rape her. Now, Damien shoots his gun and ends up hitting the passenger headrest where Merlin is sitting. After that happens, Brandon speeds off, drives until he stops in the middle of the intersection and is able to flag down some officers. But unfortunately, it is too late for Merlin, who was killed instantly at the shot oh my goodness so after monique had came to her so to start off i want to say that when monique came to her boyfriend and said that monique was lying i don't know whether it came out during the questioning the arrest the trial but it did come out that monique king did lie about saying that merlin was trying to sexually assault her or rape her. Okay. Now, 
I know. There's more. I was I was about to keep going. Sorry. Monique ends up helping her boyfriend, uh, Damien, and his accomplice Brandon escape. But shortly, all three are arrested and charged for the crimes that night. Damien was convicted of first degree murder, and he was sentenced to seventy years to life. Brandon Douglas Bynes, the accomplice that night, he ends up pleading guilty to voluntary manslaughter and assault with a deadly weapon and he's sentenced to 23 years. And the young woman, Monique King, who put this tragic event in motion, is the one who leaves the most unscathed. She is found guilty of second degree murder and attempted murder, but the judge dismisses the two lesser charges. And she is giving a sentence of 10 years to be served at the California Youth Authority. And she is to be kept there until she is 25 years old. I'm kind of honestly surprised she got that much time. Really? You thought she she was, I mean, I'm not saying whether you deserve, where you think she deserves or not, but you really thought she wasn't going to get in a lot? I thought she would have got, like, I'm not saying I thought she got the most, or she would have got the most, but when I read she only got 10 years, I was very surprised. I just think there's no... Not saying that there should be, but there is no law for false reporting of rapes, right? Like you can get them for defamation. I don't think but, so. Yeah, I don't know. Even at but that still, point, she didn't like, report it to police or anything. Like she uh, calls the chain reaction to do that. She didn't pull any triggers or anything. She didn't pull the trigger. And I'm not, from what you're telling me, it doesn't sound like she said, go kill him. So that's why I'm thinking 10 years is like a lot that she received. I, I think she deserves it, but I'm surprised they could get that in a court of law. I mean, she, they must have had her confession on tape or something. Damn. I didn't think about it like that. I still think she deserved more, though. I do, too, but I can just... I but I, I see what you're thinking, though, with the whole court situation and the fact that, you know, you can be very particular with what she did and didn't do. Yeah, like, I'm surprised. Yeah, like, you're right. You didn't of, say, kill that man or kill these men. That's true. She That's not conspiracy. She didn't. So Yeah, like, I'm surprised the defense attorney didn't hammer that home of when, like, just for example, like he just said, when she told him that was the end of it. You know, she could have expected them to leave. And then just pointing out, like, she didn't shoot into the car. She didn't pull that trigger. She wasn't even the one who brought the gun in the first place. She wasn't the one carrying it. Yeah, they probably got her mostly because her actions resulted in a death and because uh -huh. of the, her being an accessory after the fact. And the accessory thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, she was given 10 years. Um, from what I read, it seems like her sentence leniency is connected to her age. Like I said, she was 15 with this, when this happened. She wasn't officially sentenced until she was 17. Um, she apparently and 15, was she tried as an adult? No, not essentially. She spent 10 years in the California Youth Authority. You've... Another one that's so messy, like 15 years old, and you said, oh boy, was how old? 21. 21. Yeah, that's at that age, that's too much of a difference. We've already said it thousands of times. Mm -hmm. And did she ever say why she said that? No, as far as I, I read, I don't hear any. Monique has spoken out both while she was in jail nor as she's been out. 
Not that there's a good reason. I'm sure her reasoning is going to be something stupid, like she wanted them to fight or something stupid. Uh-huh. But still, I just imagine you go out, you're having a time, and for some reason you're falsely accused. Mm-hmm. It said that she had a hard upbringing. You know, she had a bad childhood. Apparently, during the period of time of the like this murder occurring when she was 15 years old, she was actually a runaway. All these components, as far and from what I guess we just talked about, her not having a real active part in the murder, led to the 10-year sentence that she got handed down for at the juvenile center. Basically, um, a quote from the department district attorney. Greg Dohey, he said, uh, this case was tragic all around. Merlin Santana was a very gifted actor and his murder was utterly senseless. Monique King has had a miserable childhood and this verdict punishes her fairly and gives her a chance to turn her life around. I kind of agree that it was a fair punishment. I can see that. Um, I personally, I, I understand what he's saying by that and I understand having like a fucked up upbringing and just not making the right choices and bad choices leading to like unforgivable consequences but i just uh-huh. still think it's too lenient of a punishment and i understand like having somebody imprisoned is like so inhumane but unfortunately this is what we have come up as a society so it's what i'm used to but I feel like she put the steps in motion for the murder. She was an accomplice slash accessory. I get the 10 years, but I feel like it's a little incomplete. Maybe give her 20, 25, hold her at the youth authority till maybe she's an adult and she can get her diploma. But like once you're an adult, 18, serve your adult time. And then even with like 20 years, you still get to live longer than Merlin Santana, who you helped, unfortunately, kill. I get what you're saying, yeah. I, I get both sides. I can honestly argue it from either side, that she should have had less time and that she should have had more time and that she got the perfect time. Yeah. And you said how long did the shooter get life? A uh, shooter got, let me scroll back up. Damien got 70 years to life. The other accomplice, Brandon, got, he pleaded out and he got 23. Okay. So, uh, unfortunately, Merlin Santana died at the tragic age of 26 years old. And his resting place is uh, in New York, where he was born. So sad. Star on the rise. Even if he wasn't star on the rise. Like you said, the senselessness of it, the randomness of it, the the what ifs about it. Yep. And uh, you just see the, the weird coincidental parallels in the like the senseless parallels like it's weird that in both of these cases their killers are damien i don't um, even connect that yeah it's weird that there's like weird age gaps weird age gap dynamics in both of these senseless murders with um with merlin is the the killer slash the whole setup situation with tara it's her boyfriend and her like being in totally different ages and in this like bad place, totally it, both in California and maybe dangerous uh, areas. Cause they said the, what's that? <laughs> this is terrible. Oh, Crenshaw. They said um, the house was like 
in the Crenshaw area out of Los Angeles. But you know me, I don't know shit about California. So California people could tell me everything about what the fuck I don't know. Yeah, you don't know Crenshaw? I don't know. I know that it's a street. <laughs> Have you but ever I don't seen... know if it's like an area and a street. Have you ever seen that New Girl episode? Where... You don't fucking watch New no, Girl. you don't watch New Girl? I wanted to at one point. I really like Zoe Deschanel, but then I, I lost interest. Okay, it gave... It really took me three times to watch New Girl. Uh, but once I did, I like loved it. Okay. But Cece, her character, she's on there. And she's on stage and she's just yelling street names. And they're like, that doesn't mean anything. It's just street names in California. Yes, I'd be saying I'd be saying shit in different states, and I'd be like, I hope this is right, because I don't know. I know I know our state shit. <laughs> I People do that all the time, though. They like to stream the names. You know, I'm on Crenshaw and blah, blah, blah. Come find me. And it's like, okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What people say in here? Come to Hallville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come to Mars Hill. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little joke for you indie animals if you did it. <laughs> I saw the video recently. The indie animals video? Yeah. yeah. The dance breakdown gets me every fucking time. They choreographed that shit for sure. Okay, this is a tangent. It took like is, three weeks. I know it did. This is a tangent. So if you guys listening are not from Indiana, you probably don't know the Indie Animals video. Um, it's just two guys rapping, dancing about Indie Animals. You're an Indie Animal. I'm an Indie Animal. Calling themselves Indie Animals. But... Indiana Mall. That's how they say it, though. With stuff like that, I always wonder, like, how viral did it go? Did it, like, just become Indiana viral, or was it, like, nationwide? So I, I think it was slightly wider than Indiana for a second, but I don't think it went too viral. Because well, I don't know either way, if you guys listen to this, but what I always hated, everyone clowned them about the choreography and about their rapping and about all this. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those moments that I just want to do all my soapbox and be like, don't you, you know, <laughs> get mad at our, when our local people do stuff and don't support them because you're going to look like a fool the first few times. And the song was catchy to me. <laughs> I support your soapbox moment. I, I just hate that. Like, we're so ready to hate on people. And it's like... Okay, if you don't themselves. like their if you don't like their rap and you don't like their choreography, you don't do it. That is true. You know, I have been a hating ass motherfucker for a long ass time, but I have tried to start loosening the reins because I have started to question it just like yourself. Like, girl, why is somebody doing something making you mad? Unless it truly is something like anger inducing that these yeah if they're being get. offensive if they're going on there and be like you know we're indie animals and mm -hmm. these and bitches gonna suck my dick or whatever yeah. like okay yeah we can talk some shit about them but what's the like what do you get from shitting on them and this is coming from a person who loves to shit on people i mean it's true y'all he loves it <laughs> i was just saying today at work uh, i said i'm normally considered like a funny person in real life but now that I'm trying to be a lot nicer, like, what am I to be funny about? Yeah, you were known for roasting bitches back yeah. in the day. Not anymore. Well, you could start telling corny dad jokes or something. Or, that, that's or what I've been leaning into, like, the puns. 
or or do dark humor since you can't be you can't do rude humor. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But let's get back to where we yes. were. So, um, we like to that's that's the end of. Oh, uh, that's it. That was yeah. all you had today. Gone too soon. I told you it was going to be a short one because I want to prepare for the big one next week. That's kind of interesting. It okay. I do have to say I did have a I had a third person, but like like you said. Y'all don't know. Jose be roasting me when y'all ain't listening. All right. So the first thing he gonna say to me is, is this one two hours? Like <laughs> y'all know I am sensitive about my runtime. So now I bring up a short and sweet, nice little package and look at him now. Oh, that's it. I can't please this man. <laughs> I was just expecting longer from you. Those were two very short ones. And I did that on purpose because I said, Jose, on Thursday, I was like, because Thursday was the, the most time I had to work on this. I was like, if it's really short, he's going to say something. So I need to make it as close to an hour, but not over as possible. And I can't believe <laughs> I did it. I mean, I hope this is, but I can't believe I did it, actually. I can't either. You know, once every <laughs> 300 episodes, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> okay. Do you want to lead us into media, I guess? I mean, I feel like we said what we said. We we were very jokey this episode, and I do not mean that any way disrespectful to No, 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 not at all. And, if, and hopefully, if, you, if you've been around for at least a couple episodes, you know that we try to break stuff up a little bit, as well as, you know, we, we flub, so we laugh at each other. But yeah, these are two hard and heavy stories, so um, even though... Um, we try to give them the respect that we deserve, but still try to be ourselves. So hopefully nobody gets offended by the way that we talk about these things. Yes. But anyway, we do like to end our episodes on a positive note to talk about some sort of media that kind of can bring some air and light into this kind of heavy episode that we kind of put ourselves in. So would you like to go first, sir? I can, if you um, want me to. Um, it, it doesn't matter. I have mine written out, but you can go first just so we can alternate speaking. Okay. Well, this is not my media, but this episode made me think of it. Oh, so this is your backup media. It, it's probably just to be my media. I don't no. have much to say about it, though. Um, say both. You're going to do two. <laughs> you know what this episode made me think of? What song? What? Stole by Kelly Rowland. That, that song? <laughs> yes, because every time that video came on, I click up, we turn it. <laughs> you ain't bringing me down, Kelly. But yeah, I do, I do. It was that was fresh off for the Dustin's Child, wasn't it? Like it was like one of her first singles. Oh yeah, definitely one of the first. If if Dilemma don't count. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. If Dilemma was first, or if this one was first. Yeah, I think they definitely were the same year. Because that was definitely the same flipper red. Same yeah. red flipper hair wig that she was wearing. It's just nostalgic seeing it now. I'm looking at the video and it's like, oh, this was such a sad video. But yeah, it just made me think of that song. The media that I will be talking about today is from Trisha. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she says, hello, Katrina and Jose. She said Katrina I, first. Hey, girl. I thought that was weird, too. Oh, not weird. <laughs> I almost I almost corrected it myself. <laughs> I'm glad you say true. I'm glad you say true. Okay. 
She says, I just want to share my media for the week. It's not something I've recently watched, but I think it's a good one. The Avengers Age of Ultron. I love the Avengers, and ironically, Endgame was the first Avengers movie I saw. Age of Ultron is one of the best, in my opinion. Tony Stark is so funny, and Hulk is so hot. And Ultron is Robert California from The Office, James Spader. I love the creation of Vision and all the action in the movie. Thanks so much for all the wonderful content. Yeah, I don't fuck with the Marvel movies. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know nothing about that. But shout out to you making an Office connection, as well as knowing a white actor that you don't even be knowing like that. Because I'm not even trying to put my sister on blast. She don't know no James Spader by name. But she <laughs> man. She knows his face. You gone, girl. You, you, she, you gone there. But um, have you seen that? I, I don't know that one. Okay, so I've talked about WandaVision before, and I love WandaVision. But WandaVision is like in phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And I started on phase one. Like, I saw the first Tony Hawk. Not Tony Hawk, Tony Stark movies. movies. You said the Tony Hawk. (laughs) I saw like those, and then like I saw Avengers 1, and then I never really watched it again until WandaVision came out. I'm like, well, I love Wanda, so I need to know her backstory. So Age of Ultron, I went back, watched it, and I've, I've only seen movies that have Wanda in it. Damn. Okay. If it ain't Wanda, it ain't for me. Like, Doctor Strange 2, I went to go see that, but I didn't see Doctor Strange 1 because she wasn't in it. That is, and I can't go into an incomplete story. That's why I feel like I can't, once they told me, no, not once they told me. Because the thing is, I saw the first two, three Spider-Mans, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and I saw the first Iron Man. But when it became clear in the later years that they were going to start putting these and those and these movies and these and the I was completely disinterested. I hate that so much. I don't know why, but I do. And it's like, you can't watch one movie without watching the other one if you're like that. And I'm like that. I have I, to see it all in order sequentially. I, I get like where you're that. coming from, but there's a lot of these movies that you don't have to watch certain movies to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can and it'll help you understand better, but it's not like necessarily that you need to. I mean, it's not that deep. It's an action movie. And people um, think that, and it's something in me. And, and it just clicks, and I'm like, bitch, no, I gotta watch it. And I'm so, never watching it. What I very love about the MCU is that they do keep expanding, which a lot of people are like, oh my god, it's too much. Where it's like, that's the reason we kept having the same old Spider-Man like beginning movies over and over and over again. It's because like, mm-hmm. after the third movie, it's like, okay, we'd all scrap it, start from beginning, no one remembers what happened. Like, no, we just gotta keep building. Stay long, build. Um, I gushed. I gushed. Did you watch Eternals? It had your girl in it. It's your girl. No, I didn't watch it. And it had Selma as well. It had Angie and Selma. Oh my gosh, and you didn't watch it? No, it's on my list. But again, it's I don't know. If it ain't I, Wanda, it ain't for you? <laughs> if Yeah, if like if it doesn't have Wanda, it's not for me. And I'm okay going into movies, like, thinking I have no clue what's happening right now. But mm-hmm. just because my chapters were not included in the book does not mean it's not, like, a good book. Okay. Yeah, so I, I can take them or leave them. Like, there's some things that came out after Doctor Strange 2. I'm like, oh, I might watch that, might not. Doesn't have Wanda, we'll see. Okay, okay. But now it's my media, right? 
Oh, shit, yeah. Or what's up, my meteor? Did I say my meteor? No, you didn't. Go ahead and say it. You know what mine is going to be today? What? Mine is a little book called Aesop's Fables. Mm, I've heard. I've heard I, them. I used to love fables as a kid. Just thinking of like... It's kind of like some of the fables. But some of them are like, you know creation stories without like the god element to it mm -hmm. so i really like that stuff like you know my favorite one is the scorpion and a frog scorpion asked the frog hey mm -hmm. can you give me a ride across the river and the frog's like no you're gonna sting me and the frog comes over or the scorpion comes over he's like no i won't if i sting you we're both drowned so the frog gives him a ride over the river halfway through scorpion stings him and the frog's like why'd you do that now we're both gonna drown and the frog's like Sorry, bro. That's just my nature. Exactly. You I knew that. You knew that. What do you think the scorpion was going to do? And <laughs> I, I just, I love little children's stories like that because you can take them with you the whole fucking life. Like it's been there. We've had the keys to success since kindergarten. Or mm -hmm. it's like, why do you keep letting these toxic ass people in your life? And then once they, are toxic again, you know, after they, that mask falls down and they're all good to show you who they really are. It's like, why would you do that? How dare you do that? And it's like, you fucking know their nature. You know they're a slimy ass scorpion. So they're mm -hmm. seeing you. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Maya Angelou gonna tell you every time. <laughs> you know what else is, <laughs> now that we're talking about it, it's not an Aesop Fables, but it made me think about it. Um, The Little Red Hand, do you remember that child's book? The the picture book. Um, which one is the little red hen? The sky's falling. No, that's Chicken Little. That's Henny Penny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never watched Chicken Little. It pissed me off. Uh, that's another story. Um, keep going. Uh, no, what what what's the little red hen? The little red hen is the little <laughs> red hen goes around and she's like. She asks the goose, "Hey, can you help me get some flour?" And the goose is like, "No." And then she asks the the duck, can you help me carry some water? And he says no. And then she asks the dog if he can help her bake a cake, and he says no. But then when it's time for the cake, like she's gathering all this shit for cake. When it's time for the cake, they're all like, oh, I want some, I want some. And she's like, weren't you goose when I asked you for help? You were like, not I, said the goose. And then when they <gasps> asked the dog, it's like, not yes, I, said the dog. That's the little red hen. It wasn't until you said that part that a job. But not I, yeah, that's what I always yeah. think of. Like, that's another, like, life lesson you learn in kindergarten where it's like, when you want people to help you, they're all like, oh, I'm busy, I can't do that. Find someone else to do it, not I. Mm -hmm. And then once it's time to reap the rewards, which is the cake, they're like, oh, yeah. give me a piece of that. Mm-hmm. But then you got teachers teaching you that whack ass lesson of be the bigger person. Sharing is caring. And then it undoes all that other shit you've learned. I just had. If you didn't put in, you don't get nothing. <laughs> exactly. I just had a conversation with my mom. Shout out, mother. Um, hey. I was just say her real name. I'm like, I don't know. I know. I was gonna say, what the hell is that <laughs> Shout out my mother, but we were just we were at a bookstore and we were talking about someone who shall not be named on this podcast. And she said that, like, oh, you can just be the bitter person. Like, I'm so 
fucking sick and tired of being the bigger person. Like, you know, it's the, what's Michelle Obama's? When they go low, we go high. I Yes. I try to tell myself that when I'm trying to be a good person. Yeah. When, when, when they go low, I go to hell. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, That's hilarious. There's two constant Jose's in me always fighting. I know. I hate, you know what I hate? I hate when I'm justifiably angry and I do or say whatever, you know, I feel in that moment. And then later I feel I have regrets. It's that conscious. <laughs> like I hate having a conscious sometimes. Even when I'm right, I feel wrong sometimes. But then I, I talk, that's, that's why sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Because I talk to myself, I'm like, Katrina, you was wrong. You probably shouldn't have done that. Or I'd be like, Katrina, you was right. Calm down. It's cool. Everything's going to be fine. Because sometimes your mind do trying to play tricks on you. It really does. And it, it just really does. But yeah. those are my medias. So the scorpion and the frog, look it up. Are you a scorpion? Are you tricky, a frog? tricky trickster? Or are you a fraud who's letting them on your back? you doing all the work and they just sting you again. And the little red hen, someone who did all her work, did it all by herself. Maybe it was bread. I don't know if it was cake. It could have been bread. But yeah, you know, they're fucking they're hens. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then it's a children's book, so it could be a cake. I don't know. Now that's the real mystery we have to find. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I will go. So my media is a three-six mafia song. It comes with Shut a, up. it comes with a memory, of course. My what media the, was almost three six mafia last week. Oh my gosh, what song? Are you gonna tell me or are you gonna save it for one time? A Mine was just late night tip. Oh my gosh. So my media is three six mafia late night tip. <gasps> are you for real? Hundred percent. Oh my goodness. So no bullshit, y'all. I had heard Late Night Tip, you know, probably through my childhood a few times, but it wasn't one of the main Three Six Mafia songs I had heard. Uh, Forward to being 18 years old, uh, me and your boy here, Jose, um, walk into Taco Bell very late at night um, across the railroad tracks, and we were playing music from our phones. But, you know, my phone was either dead, gone, or broken. So it was mainly you, and you played this song and surprised the hell out of me. Said, <laughs> what the, you know me, you know black people, period. What the fuck you know about some 3-6 Mafia? <laughs> <laughs> so I could not believe that you knew this song. And so then from the day that you played it, I put it back into my rotation. And it's the main 3-6 Mafia song I listened to. That's, I like a few, okay, so Three Sits Mafia is from Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. But they're, they're like South, Southern rap, South rap, Houston rap. Yeah, they're still kind of considered Southern rap, yes. Uh, yeah, I always consider them like Houston rap. Like, even though I know they're not, when I think of Houston rappers, I think of them too. But Interesting, okay. I think, so without giving away too much of who I was working on. Last week, I was working on someone else before I changed it to Caroline Calloway. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in there, his name is Mike Jones. Who? Who? Mike Jones, exactly. <laughs> Mike Jones is a um, a Houston rapper. And, you know, South Park mm-hmm. Mexican was a Houston rapper. There's a few more in there. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what my cousins always listened to growing up. So that's how I knew of them. Like, I, I grew up listening to a lot of Houston rap. 
Okay. I did not know that. I definitely remember, you know, my stepfather having the bootleg of Mike Jones's first album. So mm-hmm. I was definitely familiar with the Mike Joneses and uh, some of the Houston rap at that time because they started to get real big, but not not a lot of it. No. Uh, but yeah, Late Night Tip is just a great song. Like, it's very straight to the point. You know, it's about basically a booty call. You know, he ain't one of them feelings, no relationship. But it, what makes it so superior is the sample. It's that Michael Myers serial killer mixed with the Lisa Fisher, how can I ease the pain sample? And it just brings it all together. It makes the whole song fire. So, What made you oh, think of it? Did it just come on? Oh, so, okay. Let's tell another story. I'm, I'm going to just tell everybody because I'm mad. I need to express myself. And y'all need to know how stupid and scatterbrained I am in the morning. So in the morning, I take me and my sister to work. Uh, We don't work at the same place anymore, but we're not that far away. And so whenever I sent you that message, I forget what day, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. um, I go to wipe the snow off on our car. And before we leave the house, me and my sister always do the check. Wallet, keys, phone, headphones. Mm -hmm. So last week... I had left my phone at home, which if you have the job I have, bitch, no. Why? No. It's terrible. But I couldn't do anything about it. So uh, on Tuesday, I walk out the house and I have everything, but my phone is in my hand and I have to wipe off the snow on my car. So I put my phone on top of the car and proceed to wipe the snow off my car. And then I get into my car. And as I'm backing out of the driveway, I actually almost hit a pedestrian who was just walking behind the car as we were pulling out. Like, and then that distracted me too, but whatever. Let's go. What, you hit a pedestrian? I almost did. Like, okay. Okay, so picture uh, reversing out of your driveway and seeing that the coast is completely clear. So you go. And then the moment that you let go of the brake and look back into the rearview mirror, somebody is behind your car. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, uh, we're down the street. We're, we haven't even made it far. But I said, let's see how, what time is it. Let's see how late we're going to be or how early. I can't find my phone. I immediately pull into the gas station that was right next to us. I look at the car. The whole car still has the ice on it, except for this one part on top of the hood that has no condensation and has no phone. So I said, oh shit, I left my phone on top of the car. (gasps) Oh my goodness. So I'm panicking, but here's the thing. I'm also like, did you leave your phone on top of the car and it fell and this man took it? Cause it would make a sound. You would see it. You would hear it. So then I started panicking about that shit too. I used my old phone to do find my iPhone. Uh, My brother and my stepfather went out and almost confronted this house that didn't have my phone. Anyway. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my brother finds the phone in the middle of the street cracked. Um, long story short, the, the phone could not be salvageable. I, I'm guessing at least two to three, four cars ran over it in the time that we found it. So it was unsalvageable. But um, basically I had to use my old phone for just Wi-Fi and I don't have my Apple Music on there, so I had to do YouTube music and use my old playlist in that had late night tip. 
Oh, <laughs> so came all back. Yeah, that was a long ass story to tell you. I couldn't have my Apple Music. I don't pay for Spotify no more, so I had to go on YouTube. And Late Night Tip is uh, in my main music playlist. And I still don't have a good phone. I'm using my sister's backup, but at least I'm, I'm people can talk, talk to me again. You know, it's so funny. You sent me that message, which I just realized right now, your phone's in my phone, like the numbers changed. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize it. I was just texting. Who was texting me, but... <laughs> you didn't care. Oh, hey, who's this? But <laughs> I'm seeing now that you texted me earlier and you said that your phone is going out and... Mm-hmm. I just saw it. I was, must have been on some edibles or something. We decided not to remember that until you about what I said. You was like, <laughs> she'll figure it out. We're recording. <laughs> I literally forgot. And then you texted me today before we started recording. So I was never going to see it. <laughs> well, at least now you know the full story. Yeah. But Late Night Tip is such a good song. I remember hearing that. And you was like, this is what I'm feeling, bitches. <sighs> I I really like like Houston kind of rap, and I don't know. It's because like when we were younger, we lived in Texas, or if I feel like we always got like the Houston type of rap from the flea markets, like the Mexicans at the flea markets. So I don't know if it was like they were just selling that type of music, or if my cousins just liked it, or mm-hmm. what. I don't think I have anything else to add. I feel like we rambled so much on this episode. Yeah, to make up for me not doing two hours, but I think That's it was successful. Okay. Yeah, um, very good. I, I liked it, um, but yeah, uh, I guess uh, you will you will find out who exactly I was going to do next week, and the episode will be three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe longer. Okay. <laughs> We've had four-hour episodes. Like, let me cut two hours out. Yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to reach out to us, tell us your Three Sits Mafia song mm-hmm. or your whatever I talked about that I don't remember. Um, <laughs> ASAP, ASAP, I'm about to say ASAP Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please email us at saveyourstory at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us on our Instagram, that's Save Your Sorry, spelled just like the podcast. Yeah. And our Twitter is Save Your Sorry, that your is spelled you are. You are. And I think that's it. We should be doing our book episode soon. No promises, though. It'll get done when it gets The art is ready when the art is ready. Tell you, don't rush the artist. That's how you get shitty paintings. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful. Bye-bye. See ya, see ya. Okay, I gotta go. Alright. Well, it's been Tokes McGoats a good time. Th- okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>